Hey guys, this is David Young, former TNA original, and I'm here live and in color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13, to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits, and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to Live and in Color with Wolfie D, and that would be me, and I've got my boy Jimmy across the street. What up, cuz? <laughs> What's up, dude? I'm, you know me, man, just chilling like a villain. Chilling yeah. like a rose villain. Cuz. <laughs> I love cuz. I love saying cuz. Yeah. Cuz. What and up, you know, cuz? You got all this pronoun bullshit now. You can use... I've been thinking about this because I posted a thing on uh, Facebook. I'm sure you saw it where yes. this, this dude dressed as a chick was in restaurants and he's filming it the whole time. Just waiting for somebody to be nice. And Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, sorry, sir. Oh, I'm not, sir. Okay. Anyway, I was thinking, man, if I, you can say, you could say, cause kids say it all the time to their parents, to their mother, to their father, whatever. Hey, bruh. Bro, yeah. you know, so yeah. bro's available. Homie, uh, cuz is a good one because to me, those don't signify that's not sir. So I can call you all that without having to live in your delusion and call you ma'am because I'm not doing it, right? Right, so, and bro, bro might be a little on that side, yeah, you know, but, but cuz uh, and fam and you know, homie. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. See, that'd be me. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm not sir. Oh, sorry, bro. Oh, I'm not a bro either. Oh, okay. Sorry, cuz. Oh, <laughs> sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, sorry, dude. My bad, homie. <laughs> Little homie. <laughs> My bad, homie of the male persuasion. <laughs> yeah. I call yeah. everybody homie, cuz, whatever. You know, I don't care. Yeah. But those you are know, non gender. Yeah. It is, man. It's frightening. It's like frightening (laughs) world we're we're living in. Oh my god, it's psychotic. Psychotic. I mean, I'm all about people living the way they want to live and whatever they want to be in their life. But man, almighty, 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 we're making up (laughs) stuff now. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, that's. More of a news topic, I think. (laughs) (laughs) We we like to. We try to talk about wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, speaking of wrestling, what do you think about CM Punk being back? How about that? Well, you know, hey, whatever. I think it, I think they worked, everybody. It shows kayfabe is not dead if it's done correctly. Exactly. Humble yeah. opinion. But yeah. yeah. That's yeah. A th- and, man, dude, I know this is uh, a little late here, but we lost Frank Wycheck, man. Uh, oh, dude. Great Tennessee Titans. Yes. He was yeah. cool, man. You know, we did that thing with uh, him and, uh, you know, in TNA, I was part of that whole little schmod yeah. where they shot on Jeff and all that. And I I had, you know, seen Frank at the gym a few times and uh, t- he's a real nice guy, man. I hated to, to hear that. What a crazy way, too. He just, they said he fell and uh, hit his head. Man, that's brutal. And then was found later in the day and whatnot. And, yeah. You know, yeah. but on a positive note, uh, 
man, what a what a comeback from the Titans over the, the Dolphins. Nobody thought we had a chance, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know, bro. That was such an elation. And you're like, Jimmy, turn it on now. You're turning yeah, it on. Well, okay, it's a long story, but I don't want to get into it. So yeah, yes, yeah. it was just a ball drop. Let's just say that in a sense, you know, since yeah, yeah. incredible comeback. I think we have our quarterback though. Uh, yeah, I agree. Levis is the guy, thankfully. You know, he don't, he don't, uh, I saw the press conference with Vrabel and he was saying, you know, uh, we, uh, we showed him some tape of, uh, you know, other quarterbacks sliding and using the rules to their advantage to try to draw a flag, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, that approach didn't work. And he said, so I guess this week we're going to show him tapes of quarterbacks getting the shit knocked out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. That is funny. That's hilarious. Anyway, man, we yeah. got uh, an, an old friend of mine, man, uh, David Young, and I promise you this story is going to come up probably right off the bat is going to be uh, me and uh, how we met. And it's a funny story. So, Oh, man, that's a funny but, story. <laughs> I don't yeah. know that me and him have since then even talked about it, really. I don't think yeah. we have, but yeah. uh, it's pretty funny. And David's got some uh, funny uh, stories, I'm sure, because he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, likes to likes to have fun, man. So this should be a good show, man. Well, I mean, I'm he did sorry. the run-in on our Bob Cook show. Remember? I know, I know, he did. <laughs> he basically, the house. <laughs> yeah, he just did a he just did a complete run-in on it. It was yeah. incredible, man. Yeah. But we had to book him. Yeah, we had to book him. I mean, it was just like, okay, if he's wanting to be on the show that bad, we've yeah, got to. <laughs> yeah, I've never had nobody come knock on the door and like do a run-in on our show. So yeah, 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 he wanted to be booked. <laughs> so we did that we did it man i yeah, mean we got on. him so yeah without further ado man let's uh, take a break and let's talk to david young after these messages hey folks to get your official live and in color with wolfie d merchandise go to pro forward slash live wolfie d check it out If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. Okay, we are back, and my usual intro is, we've got a really great guest today, which we always have great guests, and I usually say that too, because I don't know what else to say about these guys, man, because I'm <laughs> just happy that they come on here for me, and it's like, these are cool people, man, that are doing, doing a cool thing for me by giving Jimmy and I a, you know, an hour or so out of their day, when they could probably be doing something uh, better or more fun, I don't know, but uh, hopefully this will be fun, and uh, I know for a fact that uh, this guy and myself have some stories to tell, and I'm sure he's got some that I don't know anything about that I can't wait to hear. So without further ado, it is David Young, TNA original. What's up, my friend? What's up, man? It's so good uh, to be on the show. Yeah. Just sitting here uh, chilling, getting some coffee in me, brother. <laughs> oh, I wish I'd have done the same thing. But uh, man, I love this show because I listen to it. Like I've Thank listened you. to like three or four of them already, and I love that it's more organic. Like it just feels like you guys just are just having a conversation with somebody. As to where most of the podcasts I have done lately, it, yeah. it feels so robotic, and they have written down questions and yeah. they're just reading off of a list. 
Yeah. And, and with you guys, it's just, you know, you're not, you're just talking. Yeah. And then that's the, that's the like I'm sitting around a campfire drinking a beer, talking. Exactly. Right like, down the road, whatever, man. That's, yeah. that's what me and Jimmy are, 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 we're the yin and the yang, man. I, I tell everybody this uh, sometimes uh, pre-show before we start recording. Sometimes I say it on here, but it's like, I call it in the ring and Jimmy does have, he'll do his research and write down certain things, but we make it flow together. We're a, we're a good tag team. Thank you, Wolfie. Thank you, David. <laughs> this is really a fun show to listen to, man. It really I appreciate, is. That means the world, dude. Seriously, yeah. means the world. Jimmy puts in a lot of work on that. So the first thing we will talk about, uh, I think we should, is how you and I met. <laughs> hilarious. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's hilarious for you because it was horrible for me. Like, it was the worst two, two, three weeks of my life. Happened because I met you. Like, like and, it, and it really didn't have a lot to do with you. It was just my screw up. And, and I won't even call it a screw up, man. It was just a, like a horrible chain of events yeah. that just went horribly wrong. And and I want to point out first before I go with this story, because yeah. I was talking to my girlfriend this morning and I was like, I know this story's going to come up. And she's like, <laughs> well, I've heard the story and she said, if I were you, I would open up with, I'm not that person anymore. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, yeah, thanks for that. And neither am I, by the way. <laughs> oh, but it's so bad. Like, man, okay, long story short, and it's going to be a long story, guys. It really is. It's so bad. <laughs> but <you> <laughs> Like I'm at a show one night in Lebanon, Tennessee, and I think it was me and Air Paris and Chris Harris, and I, I rode I rode from Atlanta to Nashville with somebody else, mm-hmm. and we were in Lebanon, Tennessee at the National Guard Armory, and we're in the back, and Air Paris comes in the back door and he says, "Hey, there's a really hot girl back here behind the <laughs> building that wants to talk to you," and I was like. Me? <laughs> of all people, me? <laughs> and she, he goes, yeah, I don't get it either, but come talk to her. Well, I walk out there, and there's this really hot girl, and she's been a little convertible, and she's just telling me, she's like, hey, I really am interested in you. Let's go out tonight, and let's go drinking. And I'm like, well, I, I rode here with people, and she said, well, now you're riding with me. And I was like, you know what? Let me get my bag and tell somebody to explain to them where I went. <laughs> and we had a three-day run. Like, we were in Lebanon on Friday. Saturday, we were somewhere in Illinois. Yeah. And then Sunday, we had TV at Coleman mm-hmm. Studios for yeah. Burke Prentice. Yeah. So I get in this car, and uh, it was a crazy night. Like, there was so much drinking. And, you know, back then, I mean, all the boys, I mean, this girl had, like, pill bottles just lined up on her dash. Like, yeah. she just literally just pick something yeah. you like and take Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it was just like a crazy night. And one thing leads to another. Next thing I know, we're in a hotel. And the next day, we get up and we have to go to Illinois. Well, I'm driving her little convertible and I get a ticket in her convertible. Uh. And and as we're going to the show, we get there and she we get there four hours early. And until this very day, I am the only person to ever show up four hours early for a Burt Prentice show and still miss the show. 
<laughs> like I didn't, I didn't even do the damn show. Like we get there and she goes, Hey, let's go to a liquor store. And I said, okay, let's go do that then. And she, we get in and it's a dry County. We're in like an Amish town or something. Yeah. And there's no liquor store. So we had to get on a barge and cross the Mississippi into Kentucky <laughs> or something. Like, not even I like had no barge to get liquor. <laughs> we literally got on the barge, drove the car onto a barge, crossed the river, mm. and we get in this. We finally find the liquor store, and we get it, and we come back, and the damn barge is closed. Like, you can't get back on the barge to come back across the river. Oh, so man. I had to backtrack, like, four or five towns and then go back across the river. And, like, man, it, we get to the show, and the main event, which was Jerry Lawler and Colorado Kid, and they're already in the ring when we pull up, and Bert is livid. Like, he's so mad. I mean, you dealt with Bert, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, Bert was just over the top, you know, yeah. drama anyway. Yeah. But, like, so after this, we go out to the bar again in Nashville. Somehow we wound up back in the bar. So, <laughs> and we wind up back in another hotel. And then we get to TV, and, you know, I go in, I do TV, thank God. And, um, you know, I'm a Georgia boy. Like, I was a Bill Barron's guy. So we worked for Wildside all the time. And Bill Barron's would, like, send us to Nashville right. to represent him. Yeah. So after the TV taping, I go out to the parking lot. And I was like, well, uh, wow, this this was a great weekend. I guess uh, I'll see you the next time I'm in Nashville. And this girl goes nuts. Like, she goes crazy. She's, like, <laughs> starting crying. She's like, I love you. I want you to move in with me. <laughs> and I was like, I was, I was like, we we met Friday, <laughs> two days ago, and, and you're telling me that no, no. I said I'm leaving. I'm getting in a car. Bye. And I just get in the car and we leave. Yeah. Now you would think that this would have been some kind of closure or something, but no, <laughs> no, 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 no. So the next day, I'm at home, and the girl I was with at the time, um, back then we didn't even have cell phones. Like, right. you know, you had your home, you had a home phone and you had like a caller ID and all that shit. So yeah. I look at my caller ID and I see something Callaway on my phone. And I'm like, Callaway, <laughs> Callaway, who the hell do I know me Callaway? And I thought, well, shit, the only person I've ever heard of named Callaway is the Undertaker. Yeah. I don't know him. I know for a fact I don't know him. Yeah. So I go outside and I dial this number. And when I dial this number, that girl answers the phone. Yeah. And I'm like, how the hell did she get my home number? I'm like, holy shit. So I, I just hang up the phone. And all of a sudden, my phone just starts ringing off the hook. Yeah. And I answer the phone, and it's Bill Barrett. And he goes, oh, how was your weekend? <laughs> I said, well, I said, it's kind of odd you bring that up, Bill. <laughs> I said, I missed Bert's show Saturday. <laughs> He goes, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, he goes, you didn't buy a chance to meet a girl named, did you? Uh-huh. And I said, that's another hell of a coincidence that you would bring that up, Bill, because as a matter of fact, I did. He said, yeah, well, listen to this, Dave. He said, uh, that's Wolfie D's ex-wife. Girlfriend, and, married her. <laughs> okay. He told me ex-wife. He yeah. goes, that's Wolfie D's ex-wife. And I need you to call Wolfie D right now. And I was like, I don't know Wolfie D. I'm not fucking calling Wolfie D. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Bill? <laughs> he goes, no, no, 
He said, you're going to call Wolfie, and you're going to call Wolfie right now. <laughs> he gives me Wolfie's number. So I go buy a calling card and drive across town and get on a pay phone. <laughs> even though the whole process, man, like it was just any kind of James Bond shit I could do to try to hide this situation. Like, so I'm call Wolfie. And the first thing that comes out of Wolfie's mouth is, well, man, she's telling me you're moving in with her and my daughter. And I was like, what? I said, no, I'm not moving in with you. I said, well, see, I'm, I'm going to be as honest with you as I possibly can. I just wanted to get laid. I don't know what the hell's going on. I said, this is all blown up out of proportion. I said, this is just gone all the hell. And now Wolfie told me on the phone, he goes, bro, listen, she's nuts. He said, I understand. He said, there's no heat. Well, that was a fucking lie. Because <laughs> every time I saw Wolfie after that for at least three or four years, there was always like this tension and he wouldn't even say hello. He wouldn't shake my hand. Like he, there was just this heat, <laughs> this like atomic heat for the situation. Now, so but that's neither even here nor there in the story, to be honest with you. Like this gets worse. Like, it turns out that she was like best friends with the Undertaker's ex-wife and yeah. the Undertaker's ex-wife was paying for her cell phone. That's why the name Callaway was on the phone. Yeah. And like all of a sudden, uh, I get a call and it was Candy Devine. Uh -huh. And I didn't know Candy Devine. I had no clue who the hell Candy Devine was. <laughs> and she calls me and she said, is this David? I said, yeah. She goes, listen, this is Candy Devine. Um, do you know? And I said, why the hell does this girl's name keep coming up? <laughs> oh, <laughs> she goes, well, listen, I'm good friends with and has a ticket with your home address on it. And she's coming to your house to give you a ticket. <laughs> and I was like, what? I said, Candy, I said, thank you so much for calling me. I said, could you give me Denise's address? And she gives me the address. Now, I lived in Atlanta. Yeah. I got in my truck on a like a Tuesday and I started driving to Nashville and I get to Nashville with a slim gym and I broke into her car at her apartment at three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> popped the lock and stole the ticket out of her dash. <laughs> so she was at the ticket with my address. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and I got the hell out of Nashville as fast as I could. And until this day, if I'm in a dressing room and somebody even remotely says, this is here, I'm getting my bag and I'm fucking leaving. I'm not staying in that building. Oh my <laughs> Prentice used to do it every show. He'd come in and say, needs to talk to you for a minute. I was like, oh see you later, Bert. I just started picking up my bag, walking out the door. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What is it? Jamie says, Jamie says, there's the crazy ones. Those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a nightmare. Like that was the worst weekend, uh, two weeks of my life. Cause yeah. and, and it took a long time for Wolfie to even remotely warm up to me. Like we had been in TNA together for probably a year and we were at a bar one night. I think it was the Christmas party. And yeah. He comes over and he sits down and he hands me, a, he buys me a beer and he <laughs> says, all right, man, listen, I don't, I'm not mad at you anymore over that stupid girl. <laughs> Thank God for that. And we've been good friends ever since. Like yeah. we really have, like it's, 
we've been really cool with each other ever since. Yeah. But, it was just funny because, uh, you know, like she caused a lot of problems for I think everybody she came in contact with. But, um, you know, I just happened to be uh, 19 years old, first getting into Memphis. Uh, she basically did the same thing to me, uh, but I knew no history of her except for Jamie knew. And Jamie's like, that's a uh, uh, best friend. They, you know, been, you know, rats for a long time and blah, blah, blah. I was 19, though. I didn't give a fuck. I just needed a place to stay. I was on the road, you know, six days a week and I needed a place to stay. Well, it ends up she wanted to go everywhere with me and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and my dumbass, I'll never forget this, is I, I was, it was very early on and I, I started realizing this is fucked up. You know, I can't do this. And uh, I had my bags. I was ready to leave. And I remember her, you know, she, she started crying. All that shit. She started crying. And I'm serious, like laying on the floor with uh, hugging my ankle. Like, yes, literally on the floor. Exactly the way it was when I was trying to leave the studio. <laughs> so, don't leave, don't leave. And in my mind, my 19-year-old egotistical mind, I thought, this bitch loves me. <laughs> <laughs> I must be a god in bed. <laughs> um, man, she was, dude, look at this. I ain't never had no bitch hold my ankles. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that's funny story. And yeah, I think the only reason was, and you know, because because of my kid that came out of that, and and I eventually to tell you how crazy she is is I ended up with custody of her. Thank God. But uh, anyway, yeah, that that was that was wild. And I, I don't even remember like some of that you told me I don't remember. And it's funny as hell. And, and it's it's like yeah, crazy crazy shit happens, man. And I don't think I was that mad at. Uh, about her, it was just more of you know my kid, how she was doing with that. Yeah, and I that's, totally understood it, and that's yeah. why I never actually pushed the issue. I was just waiting until the statute of limitations ran out. Whatever, wonder whatever happened with the parking ticket, and you know, you know the story of what she. Oh, did. I paid it. I paid it myself. Oh, okay. I actually paid it, <laughs> but I the, stole that ticket out of her car, man, and that's the worst. I wish I could tell you that's the worst thing I've ever done is broke into somebody's car to get a ticket out of it. That's pretty genius. It's pretty genius and ballsy at the same time. Yeah. But, you know, she had Jamie arrested uh, when I left her. This would have been before that. So Jamie and I were at at my apartment, our apartment, whatever, mine and hers. And uh, Jamie and I were getting ready to go work for Bert at the – the expo center there and uh, in Smyrna. And um, before we were going there, we were going to stop by his mom's house, Beverly, and and have spaghetti. She had made spaghetti for us. Yeah, it was on the way. And so, you know, we're like, hey, peace out. We're leaving. She's like, she thought we were going out to, you know, do something crazy, get a lot of women and do drugs. So at any rate, uh, we went to his mom's and <laughs> – and then we show up at the show and she had called the police cause she knew he was behind on child support and had warrants and shit. So she called him and, uh, they showed up and that was the, the, the funny thing. You probably heard this before where Jamie had his shirt off. Of course he's got Dundee tattooed across his back and, uh, the cops walk in and anybody know where Jamie Dundee is? And everybody's like, who? 
<laughs> you know, no, no, I've never heard of him. And then Jamie's standing with his back to him with Dundee on his back. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> and man. so, uh, long story short, he gets arrested because of her. And that was the last straw with me. I said, no, oh, you ain't embarrassing me like this. And that was the last time I ever messed with it. But yeah. yeah, funny stuff, man. It is a shame that you all never had a tag team together. You could have <laughs> called yourselves the Eskimo brothers. So. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, (laughs) Jimmy, go ahead. I'm going to tag you in. Well, when I bring up the name Larry Santo and the promotion Mountain Wrestling Federation, what does that mean to you, David? Oh, man. So I started in the Mountain Wrestling Federation. Uh, That was actually, and I'll be honest with you, it's literally used to be right down the street from where I live now in uh, Chatsworth, Georgia. And uh, a guy named uh, Clarence Keith and, uh, oh, hell, John Coward ran the show. And uh, I actually started out with a guy named Lynn Fields. Like, I started training with Lynn Fields. And, uh, but Larry Santo was the guy that came in and took, kind of took me under his wing. And then he took me out on the road and taught me how to, like, survive. Like, I mean... Honestly, I think that's what every wrestler should learn how to do is get on the road and act because wrestling comes. I think that's going to come eventually. I mean, you're going to be in the damn ring a lot, but learning how to survive on the road because back then, man, I mean, hell, we'd have to like get the coffee packets out of the hotel and make (laughs) sure we had coffee and you'd have to like get the food from the, you know, at the breakfast in the hotel and you'd have to take extra plates with you. So you'd have food while you were on the road. I mean, we didn't make little things like money, you know, back then. (laughs) (laughs) And Bert Prentice, like he would put us in a hotel and it was always in Nashville. It was always on Harding place road. It was a super eight hotel right off of, uh, right off of Harding place road. Mm -hmm. And some of the greatest nights of my life happened in this hotel. Like they would dedicate the entire third floor to just the wrestling. And we would destroy this hotel every week. <laughs> I don't even know why they kept letting us come back. Yeah. Like I could tell you so many crazy stories just from that hotel alone. Go for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, I'd, I'd have to change some of the names just to protect the guilty this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Change them, whatever. I'm sure it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one night, and and I'll just use the name Bob. And like at the hotel, like you'd come out the elevator, and there was a long hallway, and then it would be like a T at the end. You know, you go either go left or right at the end of the hallway. And I would always stay in a room to the left because it had a big screen TV in it. I I, I just had to have that room. Yeah. And um. Uh, so I come out of my room and I round the corner to go to the elevator and Bob is sta- is standing in the middle of the hallway and there's this heavy set girl on her knees, <laughs> you know, yeah. right in the middle of the hallway. And as I'm walking by, I'm just looking eye to eye with him. And I'm like, evening, Bob. <laughs> and he just looks at me, smiles and goes, evening Dave. <laughs> that was, like, that was just, it was just as casual as that. I mean, yeah. that nothing shocked you at that hotel. Yeah. Like you would literally, I remember one time I was there with a girl and she, um, God, she had came from Georgia with me. Mm-hmm. And, 
we got in a fight at the bar. I don't remember exactly how I know what this was there because uh-huh. he tried to like help, which was no, no good to me at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> it just made things worse. <laughs> so when we get to the hotel, I decided I'm just going to bed. So I go get in the bed and she decided she was going to go to the pool and party with everybody else. So I woke up at like 7 a.m. and uh-huh. she's not in the room. And I go look at the pool and there's nobody at the pool. And I was like, oh, well, she must have decided that she wanted to live in Nashville now. So I just got in my truck and left. I left her in, in Nashville. I never I never saw her again. <laughs> she had to catch a bus back to Atlanta or something. <laughs> That's big deal. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, well, shit. I guess I won that fight. <laughs> I'd say so. Have <laughs> uh, I mentioned that I'm not that person anymore? Have you, I mentioned any of that? You, like, mentioned, I really you mentioned that it was a suggestion by your girlfriend, but that is the first official time you were <laughs> not that person. Yeah, I am nowhere near that person. Now. It took a long time for me to grow up, but it happened. It really did at some yeah. point. I woke up one day and I was like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm like an adult now. <laughs> man, I can't wait for that to happen, man. I'm excited for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> liberating. It really is. It yeah. really is. That's awesome. So you mentioned Bill Barron's and in the in the words of Billy Travis, oh Billy Barnes, that's what he used to call him. You know, remember how Billy would used to mess everybody's name up on purpose just because that was his thing. Yes. So that was Billy Barnes. So, what kind of good stories you got about old Billy Barnes? Well, I will say this: I love Bill Barron. Bill yeah, Barron yeah. fought for me in this business when no, there was nothing to fight for for me, like TNA. I've been fired from TNA so many times. <laughs> One time I was at the show and I was reading the kayfabe sheet and the kayfabe sheet said, David Young fired for TNA. <laughs> so that's how I found out. <laughs> I was on the show and I read it in the damn kayfabe. Meltzer had to tell me I was fired. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, they were funny but, like that. Yeah, I got fired several times. Oh, my God. I got fired for punching Samoa Joe on TV, uh, which, thank God, Scott DeMore stepped in on that one and saved me. And that, <laughs> that story, man, like, I've told this story before, and I've yeah. told it on podcasts, but I don't even know if I could, like, give it, do it any justice. Because, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, Joe is a terrifying man. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a 300-pound Samoan pissed off at you and trying to kill you on national TV, but it happened to me. <laughs> I mean, it literally happened to me. Uh, Johnny Storm, a kid from England, came over, and he brought this game called Hockey Punch. Mm-hmm. And Chase Stevens still does it today. Like, it, like, you know, Chase is the world's worst. Like, he'll walk up and just punch you in the face. That's how he says hello. Yeah, it's all the time still today like we've hit each other so many times that one day we literally had to push our food flat just because we couldn't open our mouths wide enough to actually take a bite (laughs) wow (laughs) that's what friends are for (laughs) so i don't know exactly hockey punching started out as just a work you just walk up and throw a little work punch at somebody's jaw, but you had to do it when they least expected it. They, you know, they couldn't see it coming. Right. And you would think that that's a great game, but no, 
me and the Samoa Joe somehow, and I don't even know how it evolved into this, man, but it turned from just barely touching each other to punching each other in the face as hard as you possibly could. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you still had to do it when the other one didn't see it coming. Oh, my but God. Jeez. <laughs> you know, like I punched him while he was beat because his hands were full and he couldn't hit me back. <laughs> you know, and one night I, we were in the bar and I was like at a claw machine I was going to try to win a stuffed animal for some girl or something and the next thing I know I was laying on the floor and my ass was in the air and my face was on the floor it was horrible <laughs> God, I he so hard like he just literally it, it was like he hit me and I hit the floor that was the only two hits Yeah. <laughs> like Joe was just a monster with it too. Like he Superman punched me one time while I was on the damn phone. Like <laughs> just plowed me down. So I went to Scott the more and I was like, listen, Oh, I well, First of all, I need to tell you this part. I get, uh, we're, you know, the ale house in Orlando. Uh, we'd always go to the ale house after the show. Right. And uh, it was right next door to the hotel. So, I mean, you know, it was just the place to hang out. And all yeah. the fans would be there. I kind of called it making the rounds because you go in, yeah, find a shit ton of autographs before you even make it in the door. And then you'd go like in the building. Somebody would hand you a beer off their bucket. And then they'd start asking you if you want some appetizers. By the time you made it around the room, you'd eat a full meal and drink a 12-pack and you still hadn't even took your wallet out. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, so... I'm leaving the bar and I was bringing like four or five people to my room. We were going to watch a movie and we had like beer and shit. We we're going to just go have a party in my room. Yeah. And I get a text from Christopher Daniels and it said, Joe is asleep. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get to punch that bastard while he's asleep. I can't. Oh my God. I text him back. I was like, leave your door open. I'm bringing witnesses with me. <laughs> <laughs> so they, I go there and the door lock stuck out on the door and everything so I yeah. pull the door open real slow and have these girls hold the door and I go tiptoeing into the room I see this big mound of covers and all of a sudden Joe dives out of the bathroom and cold cocks me and I bounce off the TV and my face hits the side of the bed and then I fall down to the floor Christopher Daniels had videotaped the whole damn thing and night vision on the other side of the room while he was hiding in the floor. Like it was just no good he was coming out of it whatsoever. I, I was not in my best light at this point. Uh, <laughs> Girl, like, oh my God. Oh bro, it was so bad. It was so bad. And I thought this was checkmate. I was like, there's no way I can top this shit. There's no way. So uh, a few weeks go by and then I thought, you know what? We filmed the show in in Orlando. The pre-show is always like filmed just for Orlando, you know, just to advertise the show. So I said, I went to Scott Demore, and I was like, hey, could I wrestle Joe in a singles, you know, on on our pre-show? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I could make that happen. He goes, why? I said, I'm going to punch him in the face while he's coming down the ramp, and he doesn't know I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> now, you would think that this was a great plan. But right. it, it really turned to shit really quick. So <laughs> me, Elix Skipper, and Simon Diamond come down the ramp. We get to the ring. And as soon as I hear Joe's music start, I run and hide beside the ramp. Mm-hmm. And as coming down this ramp, I jump up and I hit him with everything I have. But I missed his jaw and I hit him in the eye. <laughs> oh, and as soon as I hit him in the eye, his eye starts to swell. Oh, and man. Yes. 
oh my God, he was so pissed. And as soon as I punched him, Elix and Simon jump on him and we're just beating him up on the floor, but he's really fighting. Like he's fighting them trying to get to me. Yeah, yeah. And when he hits me, he hits me one good time and I roll into the ring. And when I come up on my knees, and you can watch this on YouTube, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> he runs and kicks me in the chest as hard as he can. And I, and, and I took it. And then he hit the ropes and he kicked me again in my chest as hard as he possibly could. And I do like a backflip and come up to my feet in the corner. And he runs across and he throws a big hard forearm right in my jaw. And as soon as he hit me, I went, are you done, Joe? <laughs> I said, done. I said, I punched you on national TV. I don't give a shit how bad you hurt me now. <laughs> I've already won this game. <laughs> and he stopped for just a second and he goes, Okay, we're just playing now. And he was light as a feather after that. Like it, it really was. Like he, he was so light. But then we get to the back and when I had punched him, he hyperextended his knee and tore his PCL. Oh, <laughs> And he collapses in the floor, and they have to take him to the hospital. And as soon as he collapsed in the floor, oh, my God, Jeff did a sermon on me in front of all the boys. I mean, he just cut a promo, just poking me in the chest, screaming at me. And I'm like, well, this is not good. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure this is done now. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, Scott Demore, he stepped up, and he was like, no, I told him he can do it. And that was the only reason I didn't get sent home that day. God is, almighty. That's so crazy, man. I honestly have never heard of, of this game. I didn't know y'all played it. But I am just telling you, don't play that game with me, especially at 50. I do not want to play that game. I do not want to be chopped. I don't want to be touched. <laughs> <laughs> the, thought, the thought of this, I'm serious. I think about this now. Like the thought of somebody hitting me with a chair or even chopping me or anything, I'm like, ooh, why? <laughs> why would I ever do that? You know? <laughs> well, I mean, like back in the day, man, I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I was doing Ranas and taking all kinds of crazy yeah. moves. And I mean, there's nothing I wouldn't take yeah, back in the day. I mean, it, the more insane it was, the more I wanted to do it just so, because nobody else had done it yet. Right, right, right. And now I, I would bust like glass if I hit like that, man. There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> and, and you know what really upsets me, Wolfie? I'll tell you what really upsets me. What Daddy, you know, Daddy used to wa- take me to watch you when I was a boy. And yeah. you're, I'm still a year older than you. Yeah. I don't know how the, something bad happened, but I'm a year older than you. And <laughs> no, I'll to watch you on TV. I mean, I swear, you know how many times I hear that from not only like the fans, but the boys and, and everything, man. It's like, and, and I know what it is. It's because, uh, you know, when I got my break in Memphis, like, uh, I mean, I started when I was 15, 16, right? But I didn't get on TV until I was 19. Because I, I was like, he had to be super young because I was 16 when I started. Yeah, I started, yeah. my first match was like uh, August 17th, 1989. Mm-hmm. And and they feel like when they because like I said so Memphis TV I was I had just turned nineteen years old and I think people feel like that they grew up or or that I was older than I was or something I don't know but when they see you on TV every single week for how many ever years they just feel like they grew up watching you no matter what so right, right that's where people get it on me I think where they think I'm. <laughs> older than I am or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, I would have never came up with that whole punching Joe on national TV thing. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. 
I kind of blame Al Snow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I I had never met Al Snow, and I was in. Well, that would be a forearm, right? Doesn't no, never mind. That's a bad. Joke. <laughs> no, I mean I was in Louisville or Lexington, somewhere in Kentucky, and I was in a gym, and Al Snow walked in, and I'd never met Al at all. You know, mm-hmm. I I was actually kind of like just starstruck just because it was Al yeah. Snow. Yeah. And he comes right beside me and starts doing curls, and he looks out the corner of his eye and he goes, "David Young." And I looked out the corner of my eye and I was like, Al Snow. <laughs> and he goes, uh, so uh, I was in England last week and I watched a video of you being punched in the face. And I was like, fuck Samoan. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> 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 so that's when the whole plot started. I'll be honest with you, man. I come up with so many things. I was going to fly to California and hide under his bed and punch him while he was having sex. <laughs> <laughs> I was so desperate to punch him in the face again after that videotape thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And I don't know how that videotape – this day and age, that video would be viral. Everybody would be watching me get punched in the face in the middle of a hotel room. 100%. (laughs) I'm not saying Tony Khan listens, Tony, but if you're listening, how about we get David booked on an AEW show and and get his turn there? (laughs) I honestly don't think I could take another shit from Joe this day. Understand, yeah. I would break in half. Yeah. That is crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would want uh, that business, man. And nobody else does this to the to their friends either. Just so you guys know. I mean, nobody else does this to their yeah. friends. Only wrestlers do this to each other and, and it's fun. Right. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. how bored we used to be. Like guys today, they play video games and okay. they have things to do. Hell, we didn't have that. We just had each other to pick on. Yeah. Not yeah. Mike Tyson's punch out, the real punch out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how you come up with stupid ass games like hockey punching because you're bored and you have nothing else to do. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there, there was a game much less violent, but uh, it was. Uh, have you ever heard of War on the Road? Where it was, it was usually I think Lawler and Brian came up with it. And uh, you'd be going down the road, you know, you pass. Everybody's going to the same town, you pass each other, whatever. And you, Brian would take stuff like yogurt and open it and throw it on your windshield going down the road. And Chase Stevens has done this to me. Chase yeah. would be oh. in a cup and throw it in my windshield as he drove Oh, my by. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you throw as much shit on the window where they couldn't see and had to pull over to get it off because the white. You know, while off. I'm talking about people, every bad decision I've ever made in my entire life, Chase Stevens was there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and probably instigated the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, my relationship with Chase is kind of like watching – Bugs. It's kind of like watching the coyote and the roadrunner try to catch each other. <laughs> like he's trying to make me go out to the bar, and I'm trying not to go out to the bar. And bro, we used to go to California and do motion caption for the right. WWE video games. Yeah. And when we would get there, as soon as we get there, Chase would stay right there with me and wait to watch me check in, just so he could see which room I was in. <laughs> so I would check in, and then I would get off on my floor. And then I would take the stairs back down to the lobby and I would change rooms to a different floor that he wasn't <laughs> on. That's awesome. 
<laughs> and the entire time we were in California, I would get off the elevator on the floor he thought I was staying on and uh, then take the stairs to my actual room just so I could have some peace. <laughs> One night I was at the movie theater. I had climbed out the window of the hotel room and shimmied down the side of the wall and climbed the fence. And I walk across the street to the movie theater and I'm standing in line and I get a text and it said, where are you? And I said, in my room. And he texts me back and he goes, no, you're not. And I said, how do you know? He said, because I'm in your room and I have all your shit. And I'm packing it up and taking it to my room. <laughs> he said, if you don't go to the bar, you're never getting it back. That's funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, he's an evil genius, man. I don't know how the hell he does it. <laughs> and I have so many stories about Chase too. I mean, I could go oh, on for days. I guarantee it. We were in California one night, and we went to the bar. And I think I even voluntarily went this time. Like uh -huh. one night, I literally texted some people and I said, "Open the door on the van as you drive by." And they were doing like 30 miles an hour. And I ran and dove in the side door of the van as they were driving down the road. And literally, Chase is standing there screaming, really? Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad you were ready to get away. <laughs> yeah, bro. I'd do anything to not have to go out because I'd spend more money than I would make every time I went out with him. We had right. a bar tab one night that was like $1,800. And I had two beers. I don't even know how yeah. that happened. Yeah. That's one thing about going out with him. It's like, I know where it comes from, sort of, but how in the fuck does he afford to do that all the time? I don't know, man. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I wish I knew. Christmas would be a lot better this year if I did. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's why when I drink, I just go to the liquor store and get the cheapest thing I can get and bring it to my house. <laughs> you know, I quit going to bars when uh, when we quit being so over that everything was free. <laughs> yeah, we left the bar one night in California, and we left the bar, and uh, Chase had found some guy throwing up in the parking lot and decided he was going to be the one to get us into another bar. So <laughs> we've got some guy we don't even know sitting in the back seat just wasted out of his mind telling us he can get us in some kind of comedy club or something. <laughs> and we're going down the road and Chase runs a red light. And in California, every red light has those traffic cameras. And yeah. might I add that that damn, that damn ticket was $500 oh from running a red light. So we run the red light and the LAPD do a, a U-turn and get behind us. Uh -huh. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit, we're going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we're going to jail. Yeah. So as soon as they, come, they pull up behind us and one comes to my window and one comes to Chase's window and the one on Chase's window is like, how you guys doing tonight? And Chase says, oh, we're doing pretty good. We're just in town, you know, doing some motion capturing for the WWE video games and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like sitting in the passenger seat and the one on my side, he goes, uh, you boys been drinking? And I said, nope. And Chase yeah. goes, well, we've had a few. And I said, you know what? Don't listen to me. Fuck, I'm drunk. <laughs> I said, hell, I don't remember anybody going to jail for drunk riding. <laughs> right. I was like, I that. And the cop goes, he goes, you know why I pulled you over? And Chase goes, well, I guess it was because I ran that red light, right? And he goes, could you step out of the car, please? Oh, and he makes him get out of the car, and he brings him to the front of the car, and he points, and we're driving with no damn headlights on. Oh, man. 
Apparently, by the way, the number one way to get a DUI. Yeah, no question. But you're in Hollywood. I mean, it's bright as hell in the middle of the night. I mean, <laughs> how do you know if the lights are on or not? Chase, right. I was like, swear to God, this is how we got out of it. Chase says, on my car, I had lights come on automatically when I turned it on. Yeah. I don't have to turn the headlights on. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Kyle goes, he said, listen, if I let you guys go and just let you go to your hotel and go to bed, is there a chance you're going to hit a telephone pole 10 miles down the street? I'm going to have to do paperwork. And Chase said, if we do, you turn off that camera and just beat the shit out of us. We're like, what we're saying? <laughs> he goes, fair enough. Go ahead. You guys can go. And they let us go, man. And, and every time I've gotten pulled over with him, somehow he gets out of it. I don't know what the hell is going on with the police hey, <laughs> and him. Even, I don't know. Like, even if it didn't devil. happen, even if it didn't happen, please tell me you hit a telephone pole and got beat up by the cops. <laughs> we didn't even leave. We didn't go home. We wound up in Saddle Ranch, and I think I rode a mechanical bull at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's wow. one of those nights. I mean, you do stupid shit on the road just so you'll have the story to tell to the other guys, to be honest. Yeah. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, bowiehomes.com. That's B-U-I-E homes.com. Or you can email him at benbowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. You know, me and Chase are doing a thing uh, at a at a bar in uh, Glasgow coming up February the Jimmy is it the sixth? I told you the second oh, February second second February second. It's a a Friday night, and we're doing a thing called Stories from the Road. And just listening to you, I'm thinking about talking to the guy. We're gonna have to book you in on this too. So I don't know. <laughs> I would love to do it. I mean, I, once again, I could probably just do an I could do an hour of stand up alone just on Chase. Oh, I guarantee, and like, I guarantee it. Uh, it's funny stuff, Jimmy. I'm tagging you back in, man. Okay, tag team action. You got you. You really made your name as a tag team guy early on before you got to TNA. I mean, you were in the tag team with Shane Austin, the Sex Pistols. But I really want to talk about Bad Attitude and Rick Michaels. Man, y'all had a great tag team together. You know, we did, and we hated each other the whole time we were a tag team. <laughs> really? Like, we really did. Man, we really hated each other. Like, So it we, didn't take you like 30 years like Jamie and Wolfie? Never mind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> Ricky no, and Robert, too. We, you know. <laughs> it was just, I don't know. Like, we just did not gel well together on the road. Like, we, we rode together one time, and we were NWA World Tag Team Champions, and we yeah. had to go to uh, Fort Lee, Virginia. And I don't even remember which promotion it was, but we were in Fort Lee, Virginia, and we did the show. And when we left the show, uh, I, 
I don't even smoke weed. I really mm-hmm. don't. I can count on one hand how many times I've ever smoked weed in my entire life. But mm-hmm. that particular night, Rick had been like extra Rick, and I was just done. And somebody had gave me a joint before I left, so I started smoking it. Well, Rick reached over, and he got it, and he started smoking it too. <laughs> and then as we're driving, Rick goes, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. And he gets all crazy. And I was like, what? I said, well, oh, shit, I'm fine. And then he throws the weed out the window. And I was like, whoa. What you? <laughs> and he, he, he pulls over. He goes, I'm going to be sick. And he pulls over and he gets out of the car. And I said, listen, I'm fine. I'll drive. We're good. <laughs> so we start driving. And as I'm driving, I guess I went to change the radio station or something. And I think I swerved like, over the yellow line or hit the little dotted line or some shit. Yeah. And he went nuts. He starts screaming to the top of his lungs. He's like, pull over, pull over. We're going to die. We're going to die. <laughs> I was like, let me get off this exit. So we get off the exit and they had these concrete barriers in the middle of the road and they had an opening right in front of us. And there's a McDonald's right on the other side of that and a piggly wiggly grocery store or something uh, and once again we didn't have cell phones at this point or he had a cell phone i didn't have a cell phone i uh, think that was the thing so yeah. as soon as we get there i was like well shit i'm not driving down to the red light and going through i'm just going to shoot straight across so i shot straight across well when i shot straight across this fucker goes into convulsions like he's going nuts oh my god in the passenger seat and as soon as i put the car in parking we're in his car and yeah. As soon as I put it in park, he jerks the keys out of the ignition. He goes, we're too messed up to drive. We're staying here. And he jumps out and takes off running across the parking lot. <laughs> and I sat there for a second, you know. I sat there for a second staring at the steering wheel. And then I thought, I'm in fucking Virginia. What the hell's wrong with this? So I get out of the car. And I'm like, Rick, man, give me the keys. Stop acting like this. Come on, just get in the car and let's go. <laughs> and as I'm walking up to him, he goes, we're too messed up to drive. I'm calling my wife and I'm telling her that we're too messed up and we're staying here. And I said, <laughs> I said, let me call your wife. So I walk over to the payphone and I'm really calling Bill Barry. <laughs> so I start dialing the number and he runs over there and jerks the phone out of my hands and shuts it off. And I said, Rick, stop, man, stop. And as soon as I, I start dialing the number again, he shoves me away from the phone. When he did, I shoved him and he fell. Well, when he falls, he jumps up and grabs his cell phone out and calls Bill Barron's on the cell phone and tells Bill, I've gone crazy and I'm trying to kill him in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wrestled the phone out of his hands and get on the phone with Bill and I'm cussing Bill. I'm cutting a promo on Bill Barron's in the middle uh-huh. of the parking lot. <laughs> you sit me on this trip with this stupid mother. I'm just, I mean, man, I was just going off on poor Bill. Bill really didn't deserve what I, what I said. I, mean, I was just so mad at this point, man. I was just like livid. And he goes, listen, this is the only thing you could do. Wait him out. Let him sober up some before you can drive back. Yeah. And I said, are you serious? I'm going to have to sit in this parking lot and wait for him to sober up? So. The next thing you know, we're sitting in the car and Rick looks over at me and I swear to God, this is the exact words. He looks over and he goes, you know what, Dave? God was with us tonight. I said, if he's in this car, he's a mad motherfucker. And he don't want to talk to you. <laughs> that was the last time we ever rode together anywhere. The entire time we were tag team, we took separate cars, stayed in separate hotels. We never, ever did anything together after that trip. Yeah. Oh. It was just it was just regular weed, to your knowledge? Just regular-ass weed did him like that? 
I never felt anything. (laughs) Some people have that where they react really odd. Yeah, I guess some people have a lower tolerance than others. Like like Uh, I said, I've never smoked weed, so I don't know. I've never smoked enough weed to know what weed does to people. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I've always just been a drinker. Like I would drink and stuff like that. I never was big yeah. on drugs. Yeah, your TNA run, man. Tell, yeah. tell me, like, who was your favorite? Because you had some great matches there. Um, who was some of the uh, favorite people you worked with in TNA? Oh man, AJ, AJ Styles. I mean, For you're sure, never yeah. gonna. Nobody's ever wrestled AJ Styles and thought they had a better match with somebody else. Right. Like, yeah. I'll tell you what I love about Allen, and I've known AJ since he started. Like, I remember when he was training to wrestle yeah. at Wildside. And, uh, like, AJ Styles, how, how do I say this? He's as good a person outside the ring as he is a wrestler inside the ring. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah. like back then, AJ's wife really hated my guts. <laughs> she really hated me. She really <laughs> did. Like, me and Wendy talk now all the time. Like me and Wendy are really good friends now, but mm-hmm. back then she thought I was a horrible influence on AJ. And it I probably felt that AJ, <laughs> and I probably was. It wasn't because I wasn't trying to corrupt him. It was just sure. that he just he was incorruptible. He really was. Like he lived to just play video games. That's all. We literally one time, and this is back before you had the TVs and cars and shit. We right. literally hooked up a TV and had it sitting in the middle of the dash. Yeah. On the car, and he would play a PlayStation all the way to like Tampa, Florida, from Atlanta, and wow. that's all he would do, and that's all he would wanted to do is just play his video games. And as soon as we were done wrestling, he would go get something to eat, go to his room. Yeah, but I will tell you this story: like one night, we all went out. We were in uh, Tampa, St. Petersburg, or Tampa for uh, Ron Neiman. Have you ever mm-hmm. wrestled for him? No, I have. Such a good guy. I love Ron Neiman. But uh, it was the NWA um, anniversary show. So, uh-huh. like, Reno was there. I mean, you know, it's just a big show. Yeah. And uh, we uh, we did the show, and all of us went out to the bar afterwards. And even AJ went. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't drink or anything, but, you know, he was with us. It was him, me, him, Christopher Daniels. So when we get there, uh, David Penzer is already at the bar, and David Penzer is blitz. Like he is, I've seen that. Like he could barely stand up. He was so drunk. And <laughs> as we started to leave, we go outside and Pinzer is laying on the concrete with his head propped up on a lamppost. Passed Jeez. out. Oh my God. And I, was like, uh, and I stepped over him and just kept walking towards the car. And AJ stopped me. He goes, man, stop, man. He said, we can't leave him here. I said, well, we can't. <laughs> the car's this way. Pinzer's heavy. I'm not carrying him to the car. So I say, like, man, I'll carry him. So the next thing I know, we're all carrying Pinzer. And we have to, we get tired of carrying Pinzer because it was an uphill climb to get to the car. So we set him on a park bench. And I have to sit there with Pinzer while him and Daniels go get the car. <laughs> and if they come back around, they find, and I'm sitting there, and there's cops on horses going by, just staring at me, and Pinzer's heads on my shoulder. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, there's, no, there's no good coming from this night whatsoever. <laughs> we get down there, and Bill Barons had told us before the show ever started, he said, when we get back to the hotel, I don't care if one of you die, do not wake me up. <laughs> so we got Pinzer to tell us half ass where his hotel room was. 
And he said he was staying at the same hotel we were, which was a lie, by the way. <laughs> he was not staying at the same hotel we were. So we get there, and nobody knows where his room is. And they told us that uh, Chris Nelson uh, had went and picked him up at the airport and knew where his hotel room was. So I go knock on Chris's door, and he opens the door, and you see this gigantic mound of covers in his room like he had hooked up with this huge fat girl. And Samoa Joe punched you again. No, I'm just Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So when you would think that was just how it turned out. But, like, we were like, hey, could you take Benzer to his hotel? And he's like, he didn't even say a word. He pointed at her, went, shook his hands back and forth, and then just closed the door in our faces. And as soon as he closed the door, AJ looked at me and he goes, well, let's go wake up Bill. <laughs> we feed on Bill's door until he finally comes to the door, and I've got Pinger over my shoulder, and he's just like, oh. and I'm telling him, he says, "Well, Chris is the only one that knows where his hotel is." So AJ came up with this plan, and we go and we prop Pinger up against the door, and AJ beat on the door as hard as he could, and then we ran and hid behind a van. <laughs> and when he opened the door, Pinger fell like a tree into his room. <laughs> <laughs> all we could see was Pinger's feet slowly being dragged in the door. <laughs> the door <closed. laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and I don't even know what happened that night, but the next day we were on our way back. And uh, I think this was right around the time that uh, Hogan and uh, Jimmy Hart were going to open that company in Florida. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. And I get a call on my cell phone and it's Pinger. And he goes, hey, man, uh, he said, I don't know exactly what happened last night. He said, I must have went to Chris Nelson's room, <laughs> went to sleep. <laughs> he, said, uh, he goes, man, uh, if you don't mind, could you not talk about this? Because it's not going to paint me in the most positive light towards Jimmy Hart when uh, he starts his new company. And I was like, oh, yeah, Dave, your secret's safe with me. And I'll be honest with you, this is probably the first time I've ever told this story because, once again, I think the statute of limitations is read out on that one, so I can tell the story. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's one of my favorite AJ stories is like him telling me to prop Pinzer up next to the door and just watching him fall like a tree into the hotel. Yeah, I mean, hell of a guy. Yeah, been laying in the middle of the street in Tampa and, and, and arrested, probably. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. most likely in Ebor City. Yeah, yeah, it, that would have Ebor been City. Wow, yeah. Do you have any disco stories? I know you spent a little time with him in TNA, especially. I did, but we never hung out outside the show, to be honest with you. Gotcha, I always liked okay. Glenn, like, yeah, I like Glenn. I, I, I knew. When I was there, I knew I wanted to tag with Glenn because Glenn was in the office. Yeah. And I'm a horrible politician, man. I am no good. And that's been my downfall in the wrestling business in general. It's like, I could go out there and do all the moves. But I mean, I like, that's why I was always a tag team wrestler because my charisma sucks. If it's just me <laughs> out there, I have no charisma whatsoever. I'm just like guy that goes out there and does moves. <laughs> but if I'm out there with somebody that's charismatic, I can build off that and, you know, actually show some character while I'm out there. And yeah. I'm a horrible actor too while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I couldn't act my way out of a bag. <laughs> so I mean I had that going against me too. So I mean if anybody's ever wondering why I was never a bigger star than I was, I can't <laughs> act and I'm a terrible politician. That's the only two reasons that I could come up with. 
is like I could not negotiate myself for shit. Yeah. Like I, they'd be like, I need you to put somebody over. And I'd be like, okay. I was, and you know, the guy that does everything he's told and yeah. uh, never gives them a problem is always the guy that gets all the shit work. Right. Yeah. Because they know they can just give it to him because they're never gonna, they're never gonna hear him complain. And that was me. Like I've never complained. I was just happy to be there, man. I was honestly, I never felt worthy of being there. Like (laughs) me and AJ Styles were the first two contracts ever signed for the company. Uh Like Jerry Jarrett, uh, we were coming back from Tampa. As a matter of fact, me and AJ, we just, we just wrestled each other. Like God, we'd wrestled each other in wild side for the heavyweight title. And we just wrestled each other in Tampa and we've done the same match like seven or eight times. You know how WWE does the same thing. Right. They'll put the guys right. on a loop and have them just wrestle each other until they have a good match. Right. It's kind of like stand-up comedy, really, because you just find you rest, you do the same thing over and over again, and you just find the stuff that works and get rid of the stuff that doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I come from a music but background, we, and it's exactly the same. You rehearse, you rehearse, yeah. and then you play a show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the way that some of those, I mean, that's how WrestleMania happens is all year long you're wrestling you know, right. towards that match. Right. But yeah. like we're in uh coming back from Tampa and he never even told me about TNA until we were like 10 minutes away from the building. He goes, listen, I'm not supposed to say anything, but Jerry Jarrett's coming to watch me tonight uh, because they're going to start a company called TNA. He said, I really need to have a good match, Dave. He said, so we need to take out all the stops. Mm-hmm. And we had done this match. Like we go 25 minutes to the time limit. And we would wrestle for 25 minutes. Yeah. And then we would ask for five more minutes and we would do five minutes of nonstop high spots. It's just, you know, flips into the crowd, just, yeah. you know, energy. and uh, we'd go to another time limit. So we did this match. Well, so we're calling the match in the back and Jerry Jarrett comes in with Burt Prentice and they come up to us and they step between us with their backs to me. And he's introducing AJ to Jerry Jarrett. And then Bert turns to me and he goes, uh, David, I said, yes, sir. He goes, uh, could you go get Chris Harris for me? I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, not a problem, Bert. <laughs> I never got to shake his hand. I never got to go, hi, my name's Dave. Or anything like that. <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't, I never met Jerry Jarrett until, you know, we go out there, we do the match. And it was at the Tojo Yamamoto Memorial Show, the very last one they ever did, as a matter yeah. of fact. And uh, after the match, I walked in the back, and as soon as I stepped through the curtain, Jerry Jarrett grabbed me by the arm and took me outside and offered me a contract right there on the spot. He said that was wow. the best match he had ever seen in his entire life. <laughs> and he used to tell me that all the time. He said, yeah. like, even in DNA, he would come up to me, he goes, you had the best match I've ever watched in my life. And <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was probably the highest point in my entire career because hell, Jerry Jarrett's seen everything. Right. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Yeah. yeah Jerry I mean, Jarrett, as you know, played a a big part in my stuff too. But yeah, he he's he's been known to like he he says on the interview one time that uh, they were doing about me. He said that he said. I don't doubt one bit that Eminem saw PG-13, and that's how he came up with his gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> I would believe it. And he also, I was a big he, he PG-13 also had that story. fan, man. Yeah, he's, he had that story of, oh, Jimmy, what was it about poking dude's eye out on... Uh, oh, yeah, Spider Galento. He, he pulled it out, and it was yeah. rolling in the mat. It was and, rolling. That was on the dark side of the ring, right? Yeah. 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 And that... 
I've checked, I've fact checked that fucking story. And <laughs> it's, it's a, a little embellished. Yeah. Cause even <laughs> Jerry Lawler was like, I don't remember. Okay, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> you gotta love it. You have a blessing. We just dropped our YouTube special on Jerry Jarrett, by the way, yeah, to absolutely. the listeners. Yeah. Yes. And, and yeah, I know, uh, uh, man, we could sit here and do this for hours, man. You've had some incredible stories, funny-ass shit, man. Um, but we do got to uh, wrap it up a little bit here. Tell – you, I know you're still wrestling. How can promoters or fans or whatever get in touch with David Young? Uh, you can catch me on my email spinebuster at gmail.com and uh, I think I have David UGA2 at uh, yahoo.com mm-hmm. and uh, of course you can find me on Facebook Instagram I mean I couldn't imagine anybody else wanting to pretend to be me so I guarantee you if a promoter wants to because uh, there are those promoters out there that want you to bring you in and then they want to go out with you so if there's any fans or promoters that want to go out and get uh, in trouble or you know close to getting in trouble, please book. Yeah, me. you're not going to get in trouble with me now. Like uh, <laughs> all I want to do is go to the room and go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. That's you, awesome. You talked about me at fifty. I'm fifty-one, man. I just want to go lay down. And yes, <laughs> I don't want to go party. Yeah, but those days are just all done, man. I'm, 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 no, I'm not that party guy anymore. Yeah, I hear you, man. Uh, those those hangovers ain't the same. Um, and I know Jimmy and I are probably going to be kicking ourselves after this that we didn't uh, book you on here sooner, quite frankly. Yes, so we are. Good all stuff. Right. Uh, well, like, well, I'd love to do that thing you were talking about with the road stories, man. That would be great. That would yeah. be so much fun. Oh, dude, that would be incredible. And it could yeah. be something, like I said, that um, go test the waters and then do it again. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. Yeah, see how that yeah, works. And I, I still want to emphasize that once what, what I said about AJ being as good a person outside the ring yeah. as he was, as he is like, I can tell you this, like, uh, when TNA first let me go, like, I had no job. Like, I right. didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't, when they permanently let me go. And, right. and, and I asked for my release this time. And I can tell you that story real quick if you want it, but it's quick. Go ahead. Uh, me and Elix were, uh, they were talking about putting the tag belts on us. And it was going to be like a win them at the first hour of TV and then, you know, you lose it third taping or some shit like that. You know, it looked like we had them for two weeks, but we really had them for like two hours. And uh, uh, they, the day we were going to win the belts, I get there and I look at the board and we're wrestling Chase Stevens and Shark Boy and we're both going under. In like three minutes. Wow. Like, oh, Hell, what the hell's happened now? So I go to Simon Diamond because he was the agent on the match, and I said, "What happened?" He goes, "Go to, go get Elix. We need to talk." So we I go get Elix, and he said, "Okay, you're both getting pinned same time. Shark Boy's finish." And I said, "No, we're not, man." I said, "Go tell Jeff. I'll take the pin by myself." Uh-huh. I said, "But we're, he's not pinning us both, man." I said, "There's no way." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "No, no." I was told to tell you specifically that if you don't like your new finishes in this company, maybe Elix needs to stop asking Jeff for a raise. Huh. Wow. At that point, what do you say? I, I literally just looked at Simon and I said, fine, we'll both take the pin and could you ask him for my release? And that huh. was it. The next day huh. I was released. Wow. 
Yeah, that's because uh, I, you know, I kind of wondered. We've talked about Elix on here. We actually we had Chris Harris on last week. We talked about Elix. So, I mean, and I'm not one. I never asked him to bury anybody or anything uh-huh. like that. But was his was the, the reason that Elix didn't go further? Was it an attitude thing? I don't think it was an attitude thing. I think it was a he wanted more money thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, uh, I, I've always known him to be a, a super nice dude. He was easy to work with. So I was just, I always wondered why. Because man, what an athlete, man! I mean, yeah, and, and that's true. And I, let me put this in perspective for you. Like when Elix was in WCW, he was making what one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand a year. Right. The last right. The, the couple of years that he was on there, yeah. so he went and bought a huge house. Like his house was massive. Like he had a million dollar home, and it was on a golf course. Yeah. So wow. that's what he was having to pay for while he was at TNA. I got it. So I, I couldn't, there's no way I would be able to look at Elix and go, man, stop asking for more money. Right. When, when I knew he needed it. Yeah. Like, you know, he was struggling to make his house payments, much less, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand why he was asking for more money. I never asked for more money the entire time I was there. I think I was there like six years and yeah. I never got a raise, not one time. Yeah. So I wonder if that's when he got out, he got out because he knew he was going to have to go get a good job and punch a clock to keep that house, I would assume, because, you know, it was well, like. I mean, hell, he works for McDonald's now and he manages like three McDonald's and makes like six figures a year. So I Okay, mean, so he figured it out. Yeah. He literally, he literally, well, that's what he did before he actually went to uh, WCW was he managed McDonald's in New York and he made six figures a year up there. Yeah. So, I mean, he just went right back to what he was doing before, but I mean, gotcha. literally, that should tell you, you can work at McDonald's and make more than you did at TNA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a perfect note to end on. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Man. It really is. <laughs> that's a perfect ender right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, we appreciate it, man. You coming on. And like I said, sorry that we haven't done it sooner. It's just uh, me and Jimmy talk about this all the time for me, uh, chasing down people that I know to get them to, you know, line up with my schedule, Jimmy's schedule and, you know, chasing down wrestlers is not the easiest thing to do in the world. And then thinking of everybody, cause I, my brain don't work right no more. And it's, it's a, and we've been doing this Jimmy for over two years now, once a week. So how many guests you say we had? 120 some at least. Yeah. So, and, and it gets harder every week. <laughs> Man, we but we'll you. take AJ's number and you will bring him on next week. It's yes. cool. Thanks, David. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, well, what I was going to tell you is like when I got released from TNA, like AJ literally called me and he's like, listen, I know you're having a hard time reading your bills. He said, come to my house. And I went to his house and he loaned me money. Like right yeah, in and yeah. there, and I, he didn't say how much do you need, what do you need it for. He's just like, hey, just come to my house, and that uh, literally, and that's awesome. I mean, honestly, he's the best person I know in the business. I that's mean, amazing. he really is. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. I love Alan. Like you know, he's one of my best friends. That's yeah. awesome. That's I'm, awesome. I, I, I would never say I'm his best friend, but I will tell you that he's always in my heart been one of my best friends. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I know a few people like that. I feel the same way about it. like they either helped me or just been so good and such a good person. You know, I may I, I, I may not be Road Dog's best friend, but he's one of my best friends, honestly. And oh, and I love he, Brian too. Yeah, yeah. And he like always, his aunt took me when I need something. Taught me so much. Yeah. 
Sure enough, man. But we are going to take a break now, and we're going to come back. I'm not going to play stupid, Jimmy. We are coming back with Ask Wolfie D Anything. How do you like that? I love it. You're, you're learning, Wolfie. I've taught you well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, David Young, and everybody stay tuned. Thank you, guys. We'll be right back. DJ, hit the music. Thank you, David. That's awesome, awesome, dude. Seriously. Yeah. We yeah, might have to have a might have to have a part two with you. I have a million stories. I yeah. don't have any good Wolfie stories <laughs> outside of the one I have. Yeah. But, uh, it was, it was That's a pretty, pretty damn good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, David. Yeah, man. Thanks, Thank dude. You, man. Right, we are back with Ask Wolfie D anything, and I can't stop laughing. This show was having my cheeks hurting, man. <laughs> I'm serious, like, oh my yeah. gosh! Like you I said, know, man, I knew Dave like to you know uh, hang out, have a good time, but some of those I had no clue of, and it was funny stuff, man. Yeah, but yeah. I damn sure do not ever want to be a part of. Glad I was never a part of that uh, punching game or whatever. Fuck oh. that. Dude, the hockey punch game from Samoa <laughs> Joe. No bad. Thank you, sir. I mean, I don't okay, want to get punched by any glass, Joe. I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Well, we've got some good questions today. I, there's one that is pretty controversial, and it makes me quite hot, actually. Right. But. I want to bring it up because we might as well get it past us, okay? So, yeah, but anyway, great questions. David Young, hilarious. I don't know, man. I don't know that we can top the interview, but anyway. So, so I got a few questions here for you, Wolfie. We'll go ahead and kick it off since we've kind of went long on the show today, and for good yeah. reason, you know. So, so cause effect from Instagram asked this question. He says, since Savage always had a female in his corner, did you ever want a valet in your corner during your career? Did you like having managers valets either with you or involved in the match? So first, I guess the question is, I know you had Belladonna during yeah. church and stuff like that, but did you, you know, like how Savage, he always had a female, man. He had Elizabeth, Sherry, even that gorgeous George girl at the very end. He always yeah. had a female on his arm, you know, and <laughs> I, that was his gimmick and he liked that. And right. did that yeah. ever make you want to also have one? Okay. Well, let's just say this. When I was doing Slash, uh, I threw an idea to Jeff Jarrett, okay? I threw an idea of me and Daphne in WCW. I wanted her to have me on a leash and that sort of gimmick. You know what I'm saying? Slash, Daphne has Slash on a leash, and I wanted to do that sort of gimmick. I mean, it wasn't a couple of weeks later that Crowbar and Daphne were together on WCW. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Man, that's interesting, huh? <laughs> it happens, man. I'm not saying, you know, I don't want this to get blown out of proportion, but I'm just saying I definitely threw that idea, and then that happened a couple of weeks later. 
Okay. Gotcha. Wow. I was almost thinking, you know, like, would it have been cool if you'd had Daphne and you two would have been like the, you know, like natural born killers, that movie. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I just, I thought the combination, uh, cause you know, people used to say, you know, when I was slashed, man, those fucking facial expressions and blah, blah, blah. And they did, you know, that was my thing. And then you have some crazy chick screaming all the time with that. And I just was like, man, that could work, man. You know? Yeah. Because she would be like letting you off the leash. And then once right. you're off the leash, that could be a whole other thing. Like you're off the leash and yeah. you're like this, you can't be controlled. But then once yeah. you get back on the leash, you're good. You know? Yeah. yeah. What might've been. Man, that was great. I love that. I don't know. I, just, I thought it was a good question, too, when he asked it, because I was like, man, OK, that makes sense. Because, yeah. you, you know, I can't remember Savage. I know he d- had times that he didn't have a woman around, but, you know, he, he pretty much had one his whole career once it was available to him. And yeah. Now, I, I guess the question, did you like you know, I'm having to think of time frame here if I pitch that because that was WCW. And it had to be right when I first started doing Slash or something. I mean, because the time frame of when, uh, what year was WCW finally done? 2000? Yeah. 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 And then w, then TNA started right up then. Maybe I pitched it for TNA. I don't know. But it happened there. But I remember I had done OVW uh, before that. So it was somewhere in there I pitched that idea of, of me and her. And uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, what might have been, but did you like having managers involved in a match like valets? Yeah, fucking good. Like Jim right. Mitchell loved having Jim Mitchell, man. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. Uh, it, it adds more to the shit if if you got a manager that knows what the fuck they're doing and you know doesn't allow every fucking match that happens that he's involved in he gets hit. You know, you've saved that and right. You exactly. Knows what he's yeah. doing, man. It, it adds a lot. You got somebody. It's almost like a tag team party. You got somebody distract the ref when you need it and all that kind of shit. So yeah, it adds a whole another level of shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think hey, I, I agree, man. Definitely. They yeah, know what they're doing. It's important. <laughs> What's that? I said, of course, you're a manager. You're definitely <laughs> <strict> to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, cool. Well, thank you for that question. Cause effect as always. So the next one, now this one I got, we got this one in a couple weeks ago and this was your birthday episode. Mm. And I just didn't have the heart to ask you this question on your birthday. <laughs> and then the next week it didn't feel right. And so now I'm going to ask you this week, since this whole conversation with David has been a complete up, you know, (laughs) I figure I might as well ask you this while you're up. (laughs) So Mark Markington on Facebook, again, another one of the boys we know it's got to be. He says he wanted to ask your thoughts on being included in the WrestleMania's top 100 worst wrestling gimmicks of all time. And that he included that it in. It highly pissed him off. Okay, and uh, but here's the here's the thing. Okay, so number eighty nine, Spellbinder Fantasio is on there. Mm-hmm. Okay? Number eighty five, Yoshi Kwan, Chris Champion is on there. Okay, mm-hmm. number seventy, T O Hopper, Dirty White Boy is on there. And so and then give you some perspective. Number thirty eight yeah. is Shockmaster. Okay. Yeah. Fred Ottman. So then number 32 comes in, and here's what he says. He says, 32, PG-13 were a tag team combination consisting of J.C. Ice and Wolfie D. The duo were known for delivering horrible raps in the (laughs) ring and having two of the worst wrestling names of all time. So he, of course, it's a quick list he goes through. It's like this British chap, we call him. (laughs) 
whatever a chap is. I could call you another C word that the Brits <laughs> use a lot, but yeah. anyway, they were so they were no, known for delivering horrible raps. Now, to be the devil's advocate on this, if Jamie was off, be, yeah. I could see where it would come across as not very good, right? Okay, yeah. that's just how it is, right? And then you're left to deal with the. <laughs> with all the, that. Right. Your names, out. however, is a whole different thing, man. I do not agree that they're the worst names in wrestling. That's just ridiculous. Well, it sounds like this, he's a bloody wanker. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. Fuck. The P, first of all, PG-13 is one of the most creative names in wrestling, in my opinion. Of I totally agree. Say that. I mean, but for real, it, nobody had a name, anything like that, you know? Exactly. exactly. And uh, J.C. Ice and Wolfie D, I don't understand why, you know, Last name's fucking Wolf. Um, you know, I don't understand why he wouldn't think that that was something. But if you look at his list, I mean, uh, he just don't like gimmicks, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think, of what it is. And here's the number. So only things above you that I wanted to write down and keep. Number six was Brad Armstrong in Arachnaman. Okay. I like Arachnaman. I, well, I like Brad Armstrong. We know yeah. this, you know. So number five, Christmas Creature, Kane. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's hating on that. Number yeah. one all time is Mantar. So, well, again, I, mean, I mean, of course, but that, that's pretty it, hard. They're still they're over the top gimmicks, and and had the Undertaker not, you know, lasted as long as he did, he probably would have put that one in there. Exactly. Now, the only issue I have is it seems like the dude really hates Chris Champion because <laughs> Yoshi Kwan and PG thirteen were two gimmicks he came up with. Yeah, and, I like Kwan too. Yeah. I did too. I thought it was very original and he could pull it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Knowing the karate. Although, you know, recently, <laughs> since we're talking about Chris champion, we had David Isley on my, my podcast, give me back my pro wrestling. And he brought up, uh, we always bring up Chris champion whenever we can. And this was after new breed had broken up and Chris was doing more of the karate kid type gimmick. Mm -hmm. And he's doing that like crane kick. Right. And he says the one night they were working and, Chris, they had practiced it several times in the back and the connecting of it and stuff. And uh, he, Chris kicks him so hard, it busts his bottom lip wide open. Mm -hmm. And Chris is like, he says he's sorry to him. Like, yeah. you can hear him say sorry. Yeah. And then when he gets to the back, Ric Flair is like, who did that? And uh, <laughs> and David was like, I don't want to say, man. It's, it was a mistake. And no, he was like, no, Isley, tell me who did that. He was like, oh, it was Chris Champion, man. He didn't mean to do it. He said he was sorry. He was like, and apparently Flair gives David a hundred bucks to go to the emergency room. And he wow. calls, he gets on the, because when they were in the baby and heel locker rooms, he calls Chris Champion up on the walk talking he says champion if you can't do that move quit doing it until you can and he's like we can't hurt these underneath guys we don't have enough of them as it is yeah. and yeah anyway so that was just crazy but did you ever have to take the crane kick i'm sure i did probably i worked chris all the time i, I mean all those little kicks and yeah yeah <laughs> they shooting me off one time and and calling something like dragon whip flying kick I'm like, what? <laughs> As I'm running, what is fixing to happen to me? <laughs> he does some kind of fucking kick, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I mean, just apparently this dude really hates Chris Champion too. So anyway, we don't give, yeah, yeah, we don't give a crap about WrestleMania. Now, however, if you want to go to Grapple Vision, we highly recommend them as they recently did something cool for the Madman Pondo Wolfie D. Yeah. 
incident. So anyway, but you know, if you're going to YouTube, it's at Live Wolfie D, folks. Seriously, I just want to say this, and then we'll get to the last question. Recently, we received a notification through the emails that this year for 2023, 63,000 views for us. Okay. And only 493 new subscribers. So (laughs) there's something wrong there. Something ain't clicking folks. Like as in you (laughs) clicking the subscribe button. So yeah, help us out. Seriously. That simple. We're in, it's, it's that simple. Exactly. We're not even, don't even worry about the notification bell. Please like the video if you can, but just hit subscribe for crying out loud. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then we for Christmas, guys. (laughs) Yes, that's all we want for Christmas. That is all. YouTube channel and subscribe to the the podcast. Yes, exactly, absolutely. Both of those things would be wonderful, and I would be thrilled to have that as a gift. Thrilled. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, other than that, we got one more question. Thank you all for putting up with that for just a second there for us to go off on a little of that. But anyway, screw you, WrestleMania. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, the this one is is from Jeffrey Smith from Facebook. He says, and I know this answer because I talked to you about this before, but let's just pretend Jeffrey hasn't. Okay. Right. Jeffrey asks, was there ever a discussion about a contract with WCW or was it always just a per appearance deal? I think your matches there were fantastic. And I'll let you answer, but I know it already. Yeah. Uh, no. And plus they were, that was the dying days and they weren't, you know, they were concentrating on guest selling and not, uh, you know, doing more contracts at that point in time. So it was just a, a, a nightly deal, man. And thank you for uh, appreciating those matches. Cause I too thought they were really good. Not every match we had there, I thought was pretty good. Um, so yeah, I appreciate that, but no, um, didn't happen, man. Yeah. You were just brought in basically to put the guys over, right? In that division. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Go yeah. out there and have good matches and, you know, whoever they were pushing in the, you know, because mainly, you know, we did a few nitros against some pretty big names and then right. a lot of the, the syndicated shows, you know, we, against some of the, you know, three counts and the Jung Dragons and the high flying guys and because they knew we could do their stuff and make them look good and all that. So, you know, hey, uh, being a carpenter, you know, <laughs> not right. <too> bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, this is no joke. Y'all were on Nitro against the NWO and DDP. OK, or flip that DDP and the NWO whichever one you want to say there yeah. and then you were on thunder against the reformed varsity club okay so that's no joke there either and then of course you did the two or three matches against the young dragons and and three count and, and chavo. chavo yeah so anyway so yeah great stuff if you haven't watched it man there needs to be some kind of pg-13 wcw super cut out there maybe i'll work on that over the holidays <laughs> But anyway, yeah, long story short, go check out their WCW stuff. Incredible, fun stuff. So, But anyway, yeah. And that's just, who knows if you would have been, I mean, it would have been nice to have a contract, something on paper to mm-hmm. guarantee you until they were closed. And maybe even after that, that would have been nice when they closed and still had to honor the contract. Yeah. But that's just not the way that stuff was in WCW at that time, from what I've understood. So, right. Yeah. Anyway, well, that is all I got for this David Young episode today, Wolfie D. I saved the bad one for the, you know, for a funny episode. Yeah. 
Screw you. Uh, rest man, of yeah, it was fun. Uh, yeah. We appreciate David. Appreciate all of our guests. We appreciate our listeners most of all because y'all definitely, I mean, you hear that. You, the, the numbers you guys have given us is great. But again, all I want for Christmas is uh, some subscribe, some more subscriptions. Yes. You don't have to pay anything. It doesn't cost anything. You right. just got to put your little finger on the button. Right. Do. Yeah. Oh. A favor and do that. Help us out. We love y'all. So anyway, uh, next week will be Christmas Day. So, Jimmy, we're going to have to figure out something good for that. Yeah, I think so. Maybe old St. Nick will drive by and tell us some stories. on the show. What's that? I wish we could get Santa on the show. Oh, my God. Top, Can we top put- 10 wrestling Santas. Top hey. 10 wrestling Santa moments. I don't know. Something like that, maybe. Top 10 Jamie Dundee talks about Santa Claus. No, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Santa Fargo. Santa anyway. Fargo. Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, it happens every year at, at, at a wrestling show somewhere. Somebody yeah. dresses up as Santa. Right. And exactly. get shit beat out of them or vice versa. Yeah. Well, we don't know what we're going to have, but when we no, have we it, you, you'll know. But that's and actually not a bad idea. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's, we'll write that down, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, I will. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Thank you once again for tuning in to Live and In Color. What we need, Jimmy, across the street. I'm going to go uh, have a cup of coffee, I believe. Sounds good. Have one for me. All right. Um, And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Chic Jared are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. That's right. It's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes, and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way 
way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon, and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still lobbing in color. Rum rush your mother, utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Played low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Bad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better be You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.